A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The Square Ball Podcast. The show is brought to you by Levi Solicitors, who will do you a 10% discount on your legal fees. LeviSolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. Three of us in today. I'm Dan. With me is Michael and Rob Conlon as well. Drafted in from the... How old are you, Rob? 27. So the under-28s. That's right, yeah. 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 Well, only just a few more weeks, I'll be 28 and I'll be in the under-29s. Under yeah, right, okay. But I'm making the progress. Great stuff. TSB Plus is our membership package, which is on sale right now. You get a month's trial with that one. Now we've extended the trial. You get loads of benefits from that, including a dedicated podcast feed, so you get all the shows ad-free. You get extra video podcasts with exclusive subscriber-only podcast, The Extra Ball. We're running... The Buttercup at the minute as well, which is our own cup competition to run alongside the FA Cup. And we are going to crown... Mustafa Carriol fans are yeah. going to love it. We're going to uh, crown the greatest Leeds United loanee from a select <laughs> <laughs> bunch of loanees. Like Ben White's not in there. He was no, he winning it too easily. There's no point having him win it, is there? No. It's boring. Uh, discounts on merchandise as well. Loads of stuff to go at. The squareball.net forward slash plus for full details of that. Part one of the show then is the latest Leeds United news. And finally, after what has been a bit of a footballing desert, we've heard from Marcelo Bielsa in his press conference. So we're recording this 11 o'clock Monday morning. He spoke a couple of hours ago. We will deal, I guess, with the injuries when we do the, the preview in, in part two for, for Aston Villa. But we have heard about the transfer window. He's said some things. Do we read anything into any of this? Or is it all sort of just generic speak? What do you think? It's all fairly generic speak, but we know Bielsa's quite... He's previously been quite demanding about transfers in other clubs, hasn't he? So to have said, don't worry about it, it's fine. The club tried a bit. I can only value everything that has been done, he ended it, which... Yeah, I think I think that's the key point, because like you say, Bielsa, if he wasn't happy with the way things were going, we would know about it, I think. And he seems pretty uh, calm and relaxed about it. They showed a willingness to contribute to mm-hmm. the club, apparently. Whatever that means. And he said the thing that everyone hates, but it's very valuable. We were able to keep the players wanted by other teams, mm. which is just like signing a player. Yeah. I, 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 he's not really saying much, is he, there, yeah. other than I'm not unhappy and they tried a bit. Is yeah. that is that enough? I mean, we did, our, we did the transfer reaction, didn't we? The transfer special last week, me and Michael. So probably worth getting your take on this, Rob, in terms of bodies. And I mean, let's not forget that the Somerville thing factors into this as well because we've heard him on Somerville he's kind of hung him out to dry as well a bit this morning 
Yeah, that was the other interesting thing. He did confirm that Somerville had asked him to leave and he'd said, crack on. But he said there's two parts to that, is that he is willing to let them go, but there's a club part of it there where they've given him a contract for however many years and they value him for that contract, I guess. But yeah, going back to the transfer window, I'm pretty calm about things, to be honest. I would have liked another player, maybe another one or two, but I'm happy to agree with the club and with Bielsa that if you know he doesn't see any value or any one who he thinks can contribute then I don't think we should sign anyone if he thinks that way um, I was thinking about Junior Firpo over the weekend and how I like Firpo I think he's getting better but if we'd have looked at the team last season you go well where's the one place we can really improve that's easy to improve and you go right left back definitely we need an upgrade on Alioski and we signed Bar- a left back from Barcelona that sounds like the, the right thing to do doesn't it and then you watch it in reality and it takes time he's missed games with injury because he's not used to training it seems given what we've heard from Barcelona um, he's got COVID. It's just, you know, it takes time to form these things. So if you're looking at someone as, at Furpo, who they rated and who they think can contribute and it's taken him six months to get up to speed and they think, well, what's the point in doing that again? I don't know. I'm, yeah, I'm relaxed about it. I think, I think Bielsa is the massive factor in this and it's, that's what he wants. And I think, well, I'm happy to trust what he wants, to be honest. You do get the feeling with Bielsa that if he had a player forced upon him, he would be more annoyed than yeah, yeah. by not signing someone. If they just said, look, we um, we can get, yeah, Harry Winks, for example, said we can get him. He's a midfielder. We think it'd be good. And Bales, you can imagine Bales being kind of like, you can get him, but I'm not going to play him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, also on a personal point of view, when you look at plays like Winks and those getting offered to us, I think, well, who would I w- rather watch playing midfield for Leeds United? Harry Winks or Stuart Dallas? And I think mm-hmm. I'd rather watch Stuart Dallas every day. To problem be is, you might need to watch him play left back and right back as well. Yeah. The, that's the only problem with Dallas, isn't it? But yeah, I know what you mean. The one comment that I was interested in in particular was the implication that 10 other players would like to go out. I mean, does he mean the 23s? Does he mean on loan? Because this is the, this is the problem, isn't it, of passing things through like an interpreter is that it's harder to get that clarification because if it was just a straightforward back and forth in English or even Spanish or whatever it might be, you could say, could you just clarify, do you mean under 20? But it kind of, there's almost a, there's an extra barrier there, another hurdle to overcome with the, with the translator and then he kind of, Sometimes the shutters come down. I'm like, no, no, I've answered that. That's not worthy of any further consideration. So, okay, fair enough, Marcelo. What do you think about that? Another 10? I mean, he, his quote is, in the case of Somerville, there were 10 players in a similar situation right. and all the subjects were treated the same way. So is that 10 players who want to play more, which is understandable? Is it 10 players that want to go out on loan and have been told, cool, crack on if you can find a club? Or is it, or is it 10 players, including players that have already out on loan? I, I, don't, I don't really know. Because my well, the optimistic part of my brain thinks that is just a case where he's saying that there are ten players who could equally make that same argument. I think that's what he's, that's how I would interpret that. He's saying that all the under twenty threes are in the under twenty threes mm. and not playing. They, they all want to play, of course they do. But there's only you being a little <laughs> bitch about it. Mm. Is what yeah. I think he's he's I think he's calling him out in that regard. But it might be wrong. Yeah, it feels like he's he's hung him out to dry a little bit, like like drama. Maybe not deliberately but that's what's going to happen isn't it it's going to it's going to poison the view among the fan base towards the players who don't want to play although there has been a bit of balance where it comes to drama people say well actually if he needs to get out and get football under mm. his belt then, then fair enough because mm. he wasn't playing really was he much no I think you've got to appreciate that the, the brilliant thing about Bielsa has been his completely unwavering approach to stuff and that but you can also see that to work with as a player as a director as a coach is probably really really bloody difficult as well yeah. and if he's and if he's like that with people saying, well, why aren't I playing? And he's like, well, just go then. It's, it's, it's quite fun <laughs> listening to him kind of try and say, I'm not trying to criticise them. You mm. know, it's my fault if these players want to leave. 
But I mean, he's talking in this a lot about, you know, if a player signs a contract for a certain amount of years, then it's their commitment to the club for that amount of years, which might explain why he only signs one year rolling contracts because he, you know, he can't, he doesn't know what's going to happen in the future. But obviously in terms of players, it doesn't work that way. I mean, the thing with, I keep seeing people talk about, well, you know, Dram, of course he wanted to go because when he signed, he was promised a clearer pathway to the first team. It's like, but this is the pathway. You come in, you play the odd game, you need to look good and then you might get to play again. You know, with someone like Charlie Cresswell, he came in, played once and Bielsa went, oh yeah, that means next, mm. he's played that well, next time I'll bring him on, which is what he didn't do at Newcastle, I think. And likewise, Gelhart, he comes on and you think, Jesus, yeah, we need to see more of him. Mm. Whereas, I mean, I think some of us had some good touches when he's came on, but he's not, you know, he's not, he's not been better than Rafinha, has he? Yeah. And likewise, when drama has played, you think, oh God. Yeah, well, that Arsenal first half was uh, yeah. diabolical. And he played in, at Arsenal in the League Cup, didn't he, where he did all right, but there was still mm. a few shaky moments. So you think, well, as, well, as you saw, as you just said there with Furpo, actually, it takes time even as, yeah. a, as a senior pro. So you can't expect these lads to come in and just rip it up. There's only Gelhart who's come in and, uh, and accelerated, I think, his path towards the squad where he's, he's gone from being a 23 to a first team squad player in the, in the space of what about five appearances? Yeah, I, mean, I mean, Rob mentioned Cresswell. I think he would be the other one because he did. It was the Fulham Cup game he played, mm. wasn't it? He did, he did really well in that. And then Bielsa said something, yeah, something along the lines of he's now gone higher up the, the pecking order it, as a result of that. It was against Newcastle. Was it Aylin that was injured and he kept trying not to bring him on? He just mm. wanted Aylin to see it out. And then once he saw Cresswell play, he thought, oh no, next time there's a problem mm. like that, I can solve it with him. But you know, he, he keeps talking about patience, and I think that's it. It's, they just need to be patient and when the opportunity comes then you've you've got to really make an impression and I guess it's hard to be patient when the accepted wisdom of football is once you're 21 you should be playing regular football and if you're not you need to go out on loan and get games which doesn't always work. I'd, I don't think that, there's not a right answer either way. It's kind of potluck and sometimes mm. the answer is the players don't become as good as we hoped they are. And just with uh, reference to Newcastle we got a bit of clarity on Gelhart not coming off the bench. He answered questions about that saying he'd only just come back from injury, so he um, he held him back when it came to making that sub. So at least that offers a little bit more clarity as to why Gelhardt didn't come on. Uh, yeah, when, it, when was, I mean, it was a very, very long answer to say that, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. But he was trying to make the point as well that with Gelhardt on, we were worse, but then he was also saying, but, you know, we had three strikers on and it was... Yeah. It had all gone tits up yeah, at that point. With lost, what, lost what it was, we'd lost control. That's what it was more or less saying. It, we lost we lost our, our way by doing all the subs. Everyone was a little bit antsy at the end of, uh, end of the window. It's a week nearly now since it closed. A lot of that anxiety tied to the Newcastle result, tied to the, the state of the table. We've since had Burnley versus Watford and we are going to have, I think Burnley are playing at, at Old Trafford, aren't they? Mm. Um, or back at Turf Moor, whichever way around it is. I think it's Turf Moor, isn't it, actually? Before we play again. I mean, that Burnley versus Watford, as we've said many times, like laughing with, with Moscow, it's Moscow's chosen glamour fixture for the Premier League. Did you catch any bit? Did you see how bad it was? And did it give you more confidence with our own bid to stay in the division? I only saw um, the bits on match today. So bad. It but, was really, really bad. I mean, obviously, bad. obviously it was the full game because why the, why the fuck would you? Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I, I caught a bit of it, um, but I just found it really, really difficult to apply my attention to. I ended up just like wandering off and doing some other stuff in the mm -hmm. house and then came back to it. And, I, I watched the highlights this morning after seeing it on this sheet. And I can't believe I got three minutes out of it. But the whole thing just looked like the stadium wasn't very full. Mm. It was quiet. Even the commentator sounded like not that excited or interested by it. It looked pretty horrible. And it even got tagged onto the end of like the FA Cup show, didn't it? I think on, <laughs> on the BBC. Like uh, Manish with some some bonus content popped up at like half 12 or something like that. Uh, just before the national anthem and everyone signs off for the night. Uh, it was like, oh. By the way, we've got a game, a bonus game to bring you. You're looking forward a bonus to bonus game from the championship. I mean, uh, the, the Premier League. <laughs> yeah, it was. It wasn't good. It wasn't good. The thing is, Watford used to be at least occasionally fun 
but they've got Hodgson now, so they're going to be boring as well. Yeah. So it was, occasionally they might have like lost five two or something, which you you know you can you might you might be kind of in horror at some of the defending or whatever. Well, the bit the United didn't at least there'd be something season. at least be something to watch. Whereas yeah. you can sort of tell now Hodgson's there, it's going to be a bit. I know it's in the match of the day analysis. It was Danny Murphy who's obviously worked with Hodgson saying, "Yeah, this is kind of." what he does and, and his example was essentially the defence in the midfield standing about five yards apart in two solid banks <laughs> down the middle of the pitch and you think yeah I'm not really bothered about watching that I once heard a journalist say that they'd spoken to a player who'd played under Hodgson and he said the good thing about him is that he makes bad plays average but the bad thing about him is he makes good players average as well <laughs> think, oh right okay oh, that just, sounds fun it just limits everyone's scope it's a bit like George Graham did for for us when he came in he just went well we'll just make it really difficult ultra, to break down ultra compact yeah. yeah make it really compact get loads of defensive minded people in there people who follow instructions it's a bit weird though isn't it because the way to stay in the Premier League is to get wins isn't it you can't draw your way to safety that's look, the thing look at Burnley well they've got loads of draws haven't they and, but, well exactly yeah yeah and um, you know you rack up eight and probably going to be eight or nine wins isn't it this season to stay up comfortably given the way that the league is going but like, well, our, our big failing this season has not been to convert draws into wins. I think the games that we've drawn this year, we would have won more of them last year. Mm. Like, like the Newcastle away game, and I don't think we'd have lost that Newcastle home game last year because we thumped them and I don't think they were demonstrably any better this season. Just one of those things, isn't it? But um, yeah, a few wins under under your belt and I think you stay up, whereas they all seem to just be drawing. I think it was, was it a perfect result, nil-nil? I'd say so, yeah. If they can just all take points off each other down the bottom. As well, nil-nil does nothing for anyone, does it? In terms of mm. spirit. They'll have both looked at that game and thought, well, we, we probably need to win this one. Yeah. When you look at remaining fixtures, and I think nil nil's pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is. It's like, it's just, a, it's it's like neither of them could even be asked to push enough for the win. They didn't have the, I mean, I, without watching the full game, I, I can't necessarily give it a, a proper view on this, but from the highlights, it didn't look like either team was like giving it a real good go for like the last 20 minutes. And like, shit, we need to, we actually need to win this. Burnley in particular, because they're, they're stuck down the bottom. This is probably their easiest game they have left this season at home. Just got to try and actually win it at the stage we're in. I know we we're coming off the back of um, not beating Newcastle, which was which is similar for us, I suppose. But we did try to win it. You know, there was there was an obvious effort there. Whereas you get the feeling with Burnley, they just they're just kind of drifting through this season. Yeah, which is good. I think it doesn't look like they're convinced, and like with the fans just not really turning up. You think, well, if they've given up on bloody watching Burnley, then mm. Christ, it must have got bad. <laughs> <laughs> Did you watch any of the cup over the weekend? Yeah, I just saw bits of funny highlights. Yeah, oh. I've, 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 there'll be um, the scum defeat will be covered in, in propaganda. Oh, when propaganda. We're, we're doing propaganda post Villa, obviously this week, so yeah. that'll be coming along on Thursday, I guess, um, at some stage. But yes, I will. Um, I will delve into the the Man United fans for that one. I was. Um, I had a pint with a scum fan on Saturday, which you know, why my fault? I know, I know, but it was very funny to hear him moaning about referee decisions yeah. and tell us about your hard life yeah exactly you couldn't believe I mean it probably was handball but that made it all the funnier uh, and I enjoyed Chris Wilder saying yeah I thought it was handball I couldn't believe when it was given um, that's, that's great is that but yeah. then he was moaning about Middlesbrough's keeper running off celebrating when Alanga missed his penalty by bl- blazing it over the bar he's going well how can he celebrate he didn't even save it and it's like mate he's just won it off traffic <laughs> <laughs> suck it up unlike good. you lot yeah that'll be good fun yeah um, lots of uh, lots of Leeds old boys Pelts was there wasn't he scoring the pen Yes. His penalty. Yeah. It was amazing. Ba- yeah. Bamba. Who's the other one? Housen, of course. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Housen stood in front of the scum fans as well. Just yeah. with a little too long. It was nice and went the, back grinning. They were singing to him as well, weren't they? Which was uh, which was quite nice. Mm. And uh, obviously the one 
that I kept half an eye on was uh, the West Ham game as well. Mm. Was it Kidderminster they were playing? That yeah. annoyed me massively. Yeah, <laughs> the game so, we would have lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. But you can't have watched that and thought, oh God, this is us. This is us going out here, isn't it? Weekend off's not too bad, is it? In, <laughs> in, uh, in contrast. He's got, got stuff done around the house. <laughs> there's no way if we were losing to Kidderminster, we would score in the 91st and 121st minute. It just doesn't happen to Leeds, does it? We, we're losing that game, definitely. Yeah, we'd have been, we'd have been two or three down by that point. I've no <laughs> doubt. Some other good news over the weekend as well. Gitano made his debut for FC Sion mm. in uh, in Switzerland. Adrian's there as well, isn't he? His mate, Adrian. He didn't play in Adrian. I don't know what's going on with him. I think it's because he's, he's morbidly obese, Michael. Oh, okay. okay. These days. Well, there's... Spending his time in the casino. I was going to say, he's been picking in the casino. Eating steak and cheese. Oh, good. Good on him, I suppose. It sounds all right. Um, but Berardi's in fine shape and had a debut without being sent off, which he, he didn't manage at Leeds, did he? he was, it was obviously the Accrington game was his, his last debut mm. for a team. So... Well done. Well done uh, it's nice, it is nice to see him back. I think he's, it must have been difficult for him to get a club sorted, you know, with, with the knee record and all the rest mm. of it. So. I think he was trying to, he's got a house and stuff over in, well, he's in Italy, isn't he? But I think he wanted somewhere vaguely close to home. Now he's got a family and all that. So he's... Um, yeah. I mean, I know there are some mountains in the way, but they've got tunnels under those mountains. You can mm. just pop through, can't you, these days? It looks lovely as well. It really it does nice. look yeah. amazing, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can, yeah, you can, you can kind of see why he's not hung around in England to try and, you know, scrape a deal with... Blackburn or whatever, can't you? <laughs> Being just, a professional yeah. footballer looks really good when you see it like that. <laughs> yeah, just just go home and have a have a nice time well, instead. That, that's exactly what Pablo's done. Have a nice life back mm. back where you grew up by the seaside. It's nice and warm. You're not having to it's, deal with British winters. It's mm. the Matthias Bogus thing. I know it's ended with a serious knee injury, but it's like, do you want to go to Markham or do you want to go to Ibiza? Uh, like, oof, oh. Let me think. Exactly. Brady, he, he could be at Reading right now, couldn't he, Brady? Yeah. Does he want that? Really? He doesn't need it. He doesn't deserve it. He doesn't deserve it. You're no, quite right. Doesn't he deserve a nice life? with cuckoo clocks and mountains and chocolate, mm. quite frankly. Is Bogus back in England now, I assume? I'm not too sure. He's done his ACL, hasn't yeah, he? Yeah, because obviously we've so. seen Pervader doing a lot of training, mm. so haven't we, at Thorpe Arch, but I've not... Who will be back before Bamford? <laughs> well, yes, quite possibly. With his uh, knackered foot. What could, be, what could possibly go wrong with a foot? A foot doesn't seem that complex. I know it's got five, like, toes in it, and that's obviously a bit of... Lots uh, of bones in a foot. Yeah. That's the problem. Anyway, yeah. we're, we're jumping ahead here to the uh, to the exciting Aston Villa preview where we can <laughs> discuss his absence. Yes, and Liverpool game has been rearranged for a few days before the League Cup final. That's good. Not fair. It, mm. it increases our chances a little bit, doesn't it? I mean, they're they're a good side, but they're going to have half an eye on uh, on that cup final. Mm. People wanting to turn out at Wembley, not get injured and stuff. Hopefully, Klopp does that thing where he just played all the kids against was it Blackpool, and he didn't even bother turning up himself, mm. which I quite liked that. And then he moaned about why people thought he was disrespectful. Yeah, he's a. You seen him this week going on about. He said the Elliot injury was one of the hardest moments of his career, or something. He described it as. Not that he gave one moment of attention. No, to didn't him. look at him at all. Eyes <laughs> fully on the ref. His, his leg. I don't care about his leg. Just yeah. get him sent off. His leg will fix. My pride will remain hurt forever. <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous. But yeah, I mean that's you know it's another midweek game in it, but gives us half a chance, doesn't it? Gives us half a chance. It's a shame we couldn't do it whilst um, the African Cup of Nations was on. Mm. And they were without Sane and uh, Salah. Salah, the other one. He's Ma- Mane and Salah. Sane is the other one, isn't it? Yeah, and, yeah, and you know, I've got a Moscow. I've done a Moscow. It's because it's because the Salah, Salah Mane, Salah Mane. You yeah. mi- you're mixing him up. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah the, I mean, like, they're like Brangelina. They'll they'll beat <laughs> us anywhere probably, but you never know. Gives you half a chance, doesn't it? We just deploy Strauch as well to frighten them. Give them a, <laughs> give them a target for their ire. <laughs> And um, LUFC women, have they finally played a league game now? Yes, this was a league game. Because right, um, as Moscow was explaining, like the, the Cups take precedence at that level. Yeah, they're like they? three months without a league game. So they haven't played for, well, since last year, 
or something ridiculous like and they, that. And they made moves in the transfer window and they've won a game because of it. <laughs> Imagine that. Two new signings scoring the goals. Who've they, who've they signed? It was Dobby and, and Ramsden. Who Dobby, is it? Dobby signed from Harry Potter. Yeah, I believe so, yes. Yep. Or Peep Show. One of the one of the two. Yeah. Ramsden signed from Fish and Chips. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Ramsden, uh, 16 years old, an actual child who signed, um, who scored a brilliant goal uh, in this game as well. So, well done to them. So full of hope at 16, yeah. eh? And uh, there were two down at halftime as well. So oh, that's nice. Always yeah. good to get a... I mean, it was, it was uh, Brady Hannon with the, the 86-minute winner. It was a cross, let's be honest. No. But we'll give her the credit for it. <laughs> it, did, it went in. So, really, in the 86-minute, having been two down, who cares? And that wraps up Leeds United news from the, the last seven days. It's been quite quiet, hasn't it? Because... Uh, because obviously nothing's been happening. Mm. Um, Rafa obviously played over in Brazil. Got slightly worried about him coming off with cramp or a kick as it was rumoured. It's only cramp. Don't yeah. worry. Yeah, there was no mention of that in the press or was there about Rafa missing anything. So, no. Although he never, unless he is asked precisely about every player, but also never, <laughs> yeah. he never divulges any new information, does he? We'll he find, just, we'll, just occasionally gets to Saturday. and like, I was going to say, we'll find out at 6pm on Wednesday Luke, that Rafa's le- missing a leg. Then Luke Ayling's not playing and he'll be going, yes, he's injured. Everyone go, <laughs> Oh, is he? You didn't mention you. You couldn't have told us. Never asked, did you? No. (laughs) Big love to Levi solicitors who are continuing their support of the podcast and offering you a 10% discount on your legal fees at levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. Uh, New year, new you? Uh, Yes. New new house? Probably not a new house. Uh, I'm staying put, but, um, you know, getting fit and that. Yeah. A bit. Anyway, don't want to make any, any outlandish promises. Have you got a will? Um, no, because I am concerned about the amount of time you're spending on the treadmill. Yeah, I should get that sorted, really. <laughs> yeah, because if you are a homeowner or you're buying a home, get your conveyancing sorted through Levi Solicitors, but also get your will and probate stuff sorted too as well. Very important. All right, don't I will. Oh. <laughs> 10% off. I'm offering you 10% off, Michael. LeviSolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. 
Hey, the podcast is brought to you with The Athletic. You can sign up with our URL, 50% off the full price, theathletic.com forward slash the square ball. And of course, we will speak to Phil Hay, who will be traveling to Villa Park this week. Uh, we'll be getting together on Thursday lunchtime to debrief that. He was feeling positive about the Villa game as well, wasn't he? It's because you get him carried away. You, you managed to talk him into it. I feel like if it was just me and Phil, I'd be able to I'd be able to have him predicting a defeat every single week. Phil, more often than not, though, is right about football. He is, mm. He's right more often than he is wrong. More, right more often than you. <laughs> well, yes, this is true. But that gives me confidence. When he's confident about a game, it makes me believe that we will do okay out of a game. The Phil Hay Show will be in your podcast feed on Friday and you can sign up to The Athletic, as we mentioned, with our 50% discount to read all Phil's stuff. And an article that's on there this week done by Mark Carey, who is telling us why Leeds will be going back in for Brendan Aronson in the summer. Will we get him, gentlemen? As long as he's not good against Bayern Munich then I'll be confident. Mm. It's, the, it's the Dan James thing, isn't it? Have, mm. we just, have we just highlighted someone now that, that someone else will go and pay no. a fortune for? No, good. Be confident, be happy, and read on The Athletic exactly why we will be signing Brendan Aronson in the summer. Theathletic.com forward slash the square ball. Aston Villa. They're on the agenda this midweek. Uh, we spoke about Aston Villa, actually, didn't we? On, uh, on the extra ball, me, you and Moscow did... Uh, a thing on that click goal, which mm. is well worth a listen. So if you are a TSB Plus member, by the way. It's good fun, actually. I quite enjoyed yeah. watching it all back and remembering how Just a blow by chaotic blow, it was. A blow-by-blow blow account of all the different people getting involved and the punches that were swung, some of which landed, some which didn't. Mm. Some people fell over, some people got angry. It was great. It reminded me, listening to that, that walking to that game, I was had to wait outside the ground for my mate and uh, I heard someone cheerfully just walking into the ground go, Turn to his mate and go, I think I've given up on life. <laughs> he just had the weed blown from ocean and he just cracked on, went in and, you know, good day. Yeah, it was good for that. It kind of broke the um, that feeling, the didn't it? Of just something, <laughs> something new. Yeah, a, nice, a nice change from failing to be promoted, just do some, some uh, bad sportsmanship instead. Yeah, and I think because they pipped us to promotion that year, obviously we, we blew up spectacularly and they got up through the playoffs vanquishing Derby, which felt like, you know, it was the lesser of two evils we were saying mm. weren't we over on the extra ball like when it came to that final Derby versus Villa you see Derby paying the price now there was kind of the, the needle that was created by that game has kind of it's dissipated a bit now but it's carried on a little bit into the Premier League hasn't it particularly at fan sort of level maybe Twitter level yeah I think the fact that Dean Smith has now gone I know Grealish wasn't directly involved in that but he was he's always been an irritating it, presence he was the talisman he? of it all wasn't yeah, he? yeah I yeah. think the fact that those two have left Villa now it, it takes a bit of edge off it I suppose. and for me Villa are a Premier League club. Yeah. You know, when we've said like the Premier League should always be formed by the teams that were in it when you were 13. So Swindon probably got a right to be in it. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely. Oldham, Oldham. This is, I mean, this is where Brentford got crossed with this, wasn't it? But, <laughs> but like Aston Villa undoubtedly should be in the Premier League. Yeah. Like this is, this is the level of respect we'll give to proper football clubs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we have got one of them on Wednesday away. I, I predicted on the Phil Hay show, I think we get some out of this game. I've just got a good feeling about it. I, I think we've got, we do a Leeds performance after the disappointment of Newcastle. We need a reaction. I hope, hopefully they've been frustrated during the, during the break, the players, and they want to uh, set it right. I like the idea. Yeah, I like the idea of the break. And I think, was it Forshaw or Jack Harrison last week was saying that they had three sessions of murder ball planned, which I quite like the idea of. So yeah, I think Bielsa getting the players together and just being able to beast them for a little bit. I always think, yeah, that's good. Yeah. And we've got Forshaw back. Bielsa confirmed today which is huge as well because I think we um, we really really missed him Are you suggesting we need a midfield? Uh, yes Yes Some midfield it, Right. Uh, it was weird walking to the Newcastle game seeing the team line up and seeing us without the guy that we've been without for two years and going oh shit what yeah. are we meant to do now? I don't understand <laughs> yeah, yeah but I think I think he's he's, uh, he's a huge win for us to get him back and um, Shackleton and Cresswell are also 
healthy to be able to describe them as. Good. Young, good, healthy young boys. <laughs> good. Um, neither will start, but if they're on the bench, I guess it's um, it's nice to not have to be kind of going, oh, which which debutant is going to have to come on and fill in in this game. It's, so. a, vi- it's a viable option, isn't it? That's yeah, the thing. exactly. And Shackleton covers, a, you know, he gives us a midfield option as well as fullback, which allows Dallas to move about and Ailing to move about and stuff. It just It's just nice to have some flexibility. The squad has been so limited in recent weeks that is the team's kind of had to pick itself, hasn't it? Apart from Dan James up front, which didn't need doing. Mm, be interesting to see what he does with the um, the centre forward position on this one, because I think although you think Bielsa doesn't bow to public opinion, I also think sometimes he does. I think he's he's very aware of it. Well, when, he, he listens, and maybe he could be not, convinced, not to this. We should say maybe he could be convinced by people that he's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> like if you go, if enough people have said to him, you should just play Joe Gallagher. You know, maybe I, maybe eventually he'll go. I actually think mm-hmm. I think the court of public Maybe. opinion, if he's if he's as in tune with it as we think he is, and, and as we understand it, he like reads just about everything that's written about mm-hmm. him. They'll have it translated if it's if it's not available to be translated on a website. He is very in touch with that. He's sensitive to what people think. Probably more so like than if Victor Orta's banging on his door saying, you know, play so and so, do this, he'd tell him to F off, wouldn't he? But although he might be sensitive about it so he can tell everybody. he can have it he can have explanations as to why people are wrong. wrong. <laughs> because we've heard this as well that the he has disagreements about with the medical staff about what weight players should be and all this sort of stuff, then he will like go away and prove himself right with, with some numbers <laughs> yeah. and that sort of stuff. Like he's he's very he's very determined to be right, I think. Yeah. But um but you never know. Maybe he'll uh, maybe he'll just play Gellhart. I mean Gellhart is is now presumably a lot fitter than he was for Newcastle as well, because he did also hint that he might not have been quite right for that game. Yeah. So I'd like to see him. Would you like to see him up front in this? I would like I would like to see Gellhart start. I think he's earned it more than anything. I'm, I must admit, I'm not as down on Dan James, the number nine, as everyone else seems to be. I think the problem with Dan James is he goes from one week playing there really well to the next week missing, well, mm. not even missing chances, not getting on the end of them. Because if you look at, you know, at West Ham, perfect. All right, he missed a couple of chances, but we won the game and he led the line really well. And you can see why Bielsa wants him to play there and, and why it will work. And I think he's had games like that in the past against Leicester, I think. Pressing-wise, he was amazing. But... Mm. Yeah, it's just that bit in front of goal. But the, th- the difference I always think between like James and Gellhart is just Gellhart's got those natural striker movements, not necessarily s- to score, but just to hold defenders off. He gets his ass in the way, like he mm. uses his ass brilliantly. Whereas James just doesn't have that instinct or that skill set, and you know he's, he's not going to because he's a winger. Yeah, I, th- I agree with that actually. It, it, you tend to get the up and down performances from him up front, like you said, like West Ham. It really worked, didn't it? Because we were trying to catch him on the counter, yeah, just using pace. But, but then if we don't win that game. Do you look back at the chance that he passed straight into the keeper's arms and stuff, and then go, "Well, maybe a better striker." Yeah, you know the one where he was kind of put through on goal. When yeah, he was, yeah. The, then you tried to lob it over. The result um, always sways your opinion of it. Yeah, exactly. Because and because he's off the ball stuff is so brilliant. Like you, I absolutely cannot fault the amount of pressing he does and stuff. It's it's amazing, and it would be so incredibly difficult to play against someone doing that. Yeah, but, but he can do that from the wing as I well. Was gonna, I was I was say, yeah. yeah, you you almost want him to just do that, and if and if it really requires a slight change of shape when. Gelhart does play if he can't do that. That if if temporarily Gelhart goes off and marks a fullback and then lets James do that chasing around after the goalkeeper and the centre backs thing, that can work as well. Because mm. it is a really hard role as a number nine. That's the thing, isn't it? In the Leeds team, you have to do probably more work than anybody else. Certainly in bursts, anyway, because Bielsa's system is set up to give them a spare man in defence, isn't it? Where you can't be hurt, obviously. But that means that the number nine has to cover two men and often mm. the keeper as well. And you can see why Bielsa thinks so highly of James in that regard. And there was an interview with James chatting to Adam Pope this week where he was saying, 
he reckons this run playing as a number nine is really going to help him when he goes back to the wing. And I think we have seen more recently when he has played on the wing that he's looked better than he did mm. at the start. And I would like to see Gellhart start with a proper midfield behind him as well because when he came on against Newcastle, I mean, Bielsa and his presser today said it, that's when he went with Tyler Robertson, Rodrigo behind him and there was just a massive gap between defence and attack and there was never any, you know, Gellhart never really got much of a sniff, did he? And yeah, I think if we were a bit more creative in that regard rather than just giving it to Lorente or Aylin to kind of chip forward, it would be a lot more exciting to see mm-hmm. Gellhart in that team. And I think he deserves a run and I think he, he needs a chance to prove himself there because... It sounds from today like Bamford is still nowhere near. Bamford has not improved. He continues with the problems at the bottom of his foot and he has not started jogging, so his situation continues the same way. He has an injury we cannot predict when he will return. Depends- so he's not improved in three weeks, seems It depends on the pain weird. the pain going away, so he can start jogging again. Like Since- I'm sure even like Ian Pervader, I'm sure, has improved in three weeks and he has he's had like a major a major injury, whereas this Bamford one, it's a bit like the Strauk and Rodrigo ones mm-hmm. where they were like he almost weren't saying I mean they Maybe they know what it is and they're not. They're just not kind of explaining it fully. I don't know, it feels like odd that we kind of go from week to week not knowing if he's going to be out for a few days or a few weeks or a few months. And it's, I think that uncertainty is a bit mm. concerning. It's yeah. probably concerning for Bamford as well. Well, again, it's, it's the unknown part of it, isn't it? As you were saying there, we don't quite know what the injury is. If, if somebody could put a label on it for us and then we go, ah, well, that takes X amount of time. But the fact that they are neither putting a label on it nor a time frame just leaves you thinking, well, what what is it? What's so wrong with his foot? Can't use his other one. And Bielsa himself says he's worried. He was asked if he was worried and he says he hasn't played 15 games now. How can I not worry? So that, um, yeah, doesn't give you a load it's, of confidence. It's dragging towards being almost a full season out here, isn't it? We're, mm-hmm. we're looking at, which is an awful long time for a footballer to be out. Yeah, the fact that it's been broken up ever so slightly by a, a five-minute comeback or whatever it was against Brentford <laughs> shouldn't really count, even though he did manage to score in it. But, you know, I mean... What, which was the game he initially got injured in? It was Newcastle, Newcastle away, wasn't yeah. it? And he oh, came, that was a long time ago. I suppose the weird thing as well is that the, the Brentford when he scored and then pulled his hamstring, mm. didn't he? So this is a different injury again, which you just get into the point where it's like, are we just going to have to write off this season here? It was, it, a long time, it was a long time ago because that was Sports Direct Newcastle, not human, mm. human rights <laughs> mm. problems Newcastle. Who else we got back then? So Cooper and Phillips in the final stages of recovery from their operations. So he's still loosely holding on to this uh, beginning of March thing till they're back up to full speed. You, but you do get a sense with Phillips, as Phil Hay has touched on when we've done the Phil Hay show, Phillips normally pushes through mm. maybe a little bit earlier than that. Don't we? we saw the pitches over the weekend uh, that were probably very good from a PR point of view um, <laughs> of them uh, together on the grass again. Yeah, and he mentioned Furpo as well. He kind of hinted that he might almost be fit for this one, but probably not. But he's not far off. He said the weekend, didn't he? Yeah. So. Well, let's talk about Villa as well, because they have been a little bit rejuvenated by Steven Gerrard. Uh, he's had them doing a, a, what was described as a mini preseason. I saw, to get them ready to face us, um, because I think they know they're going to face a lot of running. Mm. The idea that he's, been, he's rejuvenated them, I sort of thought that as well. And then I looked at the results. He hasn't really. They've beaten Norwich and Everton. Right, is that it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, they're both absolutely dire. And I mean, the... Everton is their most recent win and Everton have like absolutely fallen apart to the extent that they've had to employ Frank Lampard. So is it, has, he, has came, he done anything? They came back against Scum, didn't they? But they're a laughing stock anyway. So. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I'm a bit unsure of what to make of them. And like you said earlier, I think now Dean Smith isn't there. I sort of feel like, eh, not, 
I'm not as uh, interested in it anymore. There's only really Gavi Bonlahar who's sort of trying to keep it going, isn't there? Yeah, it's interesting that what you say, actually. I, I, I hadn't sort of considered it in terms of the results. It just, I'd gone on the general feeling. That's, but the, actually, that's the general feeling. Actually sitting and looking at it, they lost three on the bounce. Yeah, I mean, they've lost, lost Chelsea fine, but then lost at Brentford. Mm. And Man United was in the cup as well, yeah. so it didn't quite count. But then And then they did draw with Scum hilariously in the league, which was quite fun. Yeah. But yeah, they're not, it's not like he's completely transformed them and they're, they're now brilliant. They've got wins against teams you would expect them to beat, essentially, based on league position and form. They're, they're going to fancy this as well, though, against us. Oh, yeah, they? absolutely. And I think this isn't to slag Gerard either. I think he's, he probably is quite a decent manager. I know Phil was often kind of talking him up as someone that Leeds have had an interest in, you know, looking looking beyond Bielsa. Um, so that, I imagine that's gone now he's, now he's at Villa. But yeah, I think he's, um, he's well thought of. But I think it's a bit early to declare them transformed, I suppose. It's kind of the, what, getting new things does to a perception of something, doesn't it? Because they've got a new manager who people seem to like and then they've signed Felipe Coutinho and they've got Dina from Everton. It's like, oh yeah, this is going well. This is, yeah, great. We're going to be moving up the table now. Mm. And Gerard went a bit um, Paul Heckingbottom in the quotes I saw where he kept talking about they've been doing work in and out of possession and he's going to revitalise them in and out of possession. It's like, all right, okay. Mm. Every every new manager thinks they're going to transform teams. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Have I talked you into us winning even more now? Yeah, well, I, I always go into games like this thinking there's, there's something there for us, and particularly like the Everton game to follow, which we'll preview that after we've done propaganda in the mm-hmm. wake of Villa, so we know what we're facing in terms of any further injuries or people coming back. Maybe Bamford will wake up with a fully a fully healed foot exactly. on, on Wednesday morning. The evolution of the injury is positive, etc. That kind of thing. But yeah, we'll do, so we'll preview Everton close to the weekend. But yeah, I, I just these next two games, I just fancy us to take a bit of something from them. Uh, I think we'll win one of them, maybe draw the other. But who's, you know, six points is there for the taking if we can just get in our stride. If we can do what we did against West Ham, take our chances, rather than what we did against Newcastle, which was not to take our chances, then we've got every chance. Are you saying we, we should score goals when we can? When we make chances, we should take them. Okay, yep. 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 And when the opposition get chances, we should stop them. Stop them having them. Yeah. Mm. Okay. I know I'm sort of feeding into that, you know, leaning on your expertise here, Michael. Yeah. Particularly no, it's co- good. Coaching it's, field. It's, it's, all, it's, all, it's all good stuff, is that, yeah. So tell me why we shouldn't win this then. Because of the rejuvenation and that. Because <laughs> it's, it's the miracle of Istanbul or something. <laughs> I, I don't know. Just Steven Gerrard stuff. Yeah, I, 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 it's there to be won. We can we can win it. Yeah. They're not they're not brilliant. They've got some good players now. I think Coutinho is probably a good signing from if horrendously expensive given his wages and everything. Well, I said on the Phil Hay show, didn't I? And what do you think about this, Rob? That when we play managers who've not faced us before, just occasionally we can catch them on the hop because they don't quite know what facing a Bielsa side is like. They can do the analysis, watch the videos and tell the players to do X, Y and Z. But the reality of being out there is that, you know, we run a lot of teams to death. I mean, even the Newcastle game, which we ended up losing, I mean, you saw the state of them towards the end. Like, who was it? Again, it was Fraser, wasn't it? Ryan Fraser, who was like hobbling uh, yeah. down the bloody uh, wing, trying to get back and cover Jack Harrison, who was still sprinting and, you know, late on. Yeah, I mean... I'm just intrigued to see them under Gerard because I, I, I mean, I can't say I watched a lot of Rangers, but like I say, I always heard Phil talking him up as a potential Leeds manager. I've not really seen a great deal of Villa. Um, we were amazing there last year, weren't we? We won 3 0. Mm-hmm. That was one of my favourite performances of the season. So, yeah, I'm hoping the Bielsa factor is, is kind of a thing over Gerard. But then, you know, did Gary Monk outsmart Bielsa? But he just had a, it was just these random clashes, isn't there? So, it'll be interesting to see. Gerard talking them up and whether they actually come out and attack us and leave us room to attack at them, which I think would suit Leeds, or whether 
he is a bit more pragmatic, which I'm not quite sure what to expect. Mm. I feel like we're probably two fairly evenly matched sides. Mm. I feel like it, we're both probably due to finish somewhere between about ninth and 14th or something. And I, th- and I think we're both within that that kind of area. Could, could go a bit above it on a good year, a bit below it on a bad year. But, you know, it's a it's a genuine competitive game is this, whereas which you don't get when you, you know, you go to Chelsea or Man City or whatever when you think, in all probability, but there's nothing in this. You know, there's there's a game to be won here. Okay. But, my, my thoughts. <laughs> but on I'm still pessimistic. <laughs> if Gal, if Galhart starts, I think we can win this. I think he's going to score. I think probably Dan James will, will start and Bielsa <laughs> will prove us wrong. It does beg the question, actually, which I brought up on the Phil Hay show of um, if you do put Gelhart in there up front, who is the more natural fit? He has to be, doesn't he? But what do you do then with your left wing? I mean, Harrison would have to play, wouldn't he, on on the evidence recently? But Dan James is dangerous. Yeah, I'd, I'd go Harrison. I can't remember what game it was recently. Was it the Burnley game where James came off the bench and looked quite sharp and that seemed to suit him? Because he already scored the header, mm. didn't he? And yeah, I think Harrison with the hat-trick recently. I think you've got to go with him. And he's just Bielsa's boy, isn't he? Jack Harrison. Yeah. And Click seems to have played himself back into better form recently. So would you go for Click in at number 10 and then Forshaw back in midfield? Midfielders in midfield. Yeah. That's mm. what I want. I, I mean, feel like we, I feel like it works better when we do There's no that. denying we do look better when we've got people in their natural positions, which is to be expected, isn't it? be interesting whether Cox the holding midfielder or Forshaw. Because uh, mm. Forshaw could be the box-to-box guy or he could be the holding one. Interesting. But yeah, I, I, think I think Cox's been all right there, so I'd probably stick with him. Yeah, I think Cox's done all right there as well. I feel like we lack a bit of, I don't know, is it dynamism? That's the word I'm looking for. When when it's Cox there, he's a bit he's a bit centre backy in some of the stuff <laughs> he does. Whereas Forshaw or Phillips are a bit quicker to turn and play forwards with it. But I think you know, for someone who's learning that position, I think Cox has done pretty well. Are we going to win, Michael? Come on, come on. We'll have a draw. You think draw? I think a draw. Draw's fine. Beat Everton. If we got four, if we got four points from this week, that'd be. Lovely. It's a long way towards safety then, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, even three points this week would be absolutely fine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll probably end up being wildly inconsistent between the two games, mm. but I'll, uh, yeah, we'll have another 3-0 there. I think that'd be nice. Yeah, good. I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? You're, you're absolutely correct. That's the, the word is consistency. If we can do what we did a couple of weeks ago and string a couple of wins together, this season is as good as done and dusted, mm. isn't it? I think the, the Newcastle result probably just scared everyone a little bit, particularly as it coincided with the end of the window. But mm. if we can turn around and get some points this week, then it'll be all right. Well, I feel like, weirdly, Newcastle's window feels like that result matters less because I think they'll probably be all right now anyway. So right. you're looking at... If the, which is, I know, it's a strange of way of thinking of it. Reverse but, engineering your justification, yeah. Exactly, yes. I'm now thinking, yeah, the, the three to go down are definitely Watford, Burnley and Norwich. So it's fine. Newcastle can do what they want. That doesn't matter any more than a, any other home defeat. Well, that's it, isn't it? We'll do Heroes and Villains next week when we've had some football and some stuff to actually happen. This week? Uh, no. After ne- Villa? Next, no, next, just propaganda. Next we week. We not thought this through, have we? Next week's, week, <laughs> next week's weekly show. Yeah. Okay, oh, we'll, we'll pass them all forward. Yeah, so we'll, we'll, Fine, we'll yeah. send them all down the line. Yeah, yeah. And we'll, uh, we'll do Heroes and Villains. Because the only real hero is, I think Rafa went and scored for Brazil. But even then, he's putting himself in the shop window. Stop it. Mm, so uh, so it's, it would be a reluctant hero win for him this week, I think. Um, but yeah, that does wrap it up for this one. We will return next week with a full full fat show. We'll do Heroes and Villains then. And we will preview Everton towards the end of this week. And then who have we got the week after that? It's Manchester United, isn't it? Who? It's right, isn't it? I think that sounds about right, yeah. Apparently so. Great bunch of lads. It's yeah. going to be a lovely family atmosphere. I, ima- one, I, I, I imagine so. The songs will be all rah, 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 welcome to Ellen Road, won't they? Exactly. All, all just competitive, but friendly. Yeah, so we've got, yeah, we've got Man United, then Liverpool and then Spurs. So uh, let's get four points <laughs> out of these next games, shall we? Uh, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. Oh, just a quick postscript to the show. 
we've just realised as we stopped recording then that Patrick Bamford has become a dad. Yeah, congratulations. He's, he's, a, he's a shirtless man holding a shirtless infant. <laughs> oh, let's have a look. I've not seen, I've not <laughs> seen the go. picture yet. There you go. Baby's not traditionally born with clothes on, are they? No, no, not normally. Um, you can't see his feet on it either. say, what does his foot look like? Yeah, <laughs> strapped up in plaster. So congratulations, Patrick Bamford. Hopefully he's not. That's going to aid his recovery, Owen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not going to be too tired <laughs> to run. <laughs> but uh, no, good news, good news. And congratulations to Michaela as have we, well. Have we got a name? Um, no. Okay. Updates <laughs> to come. The Square Ball Podcast. 